The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! (laughs) How about that? It's time for another edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's episode 43, the Raul Mondesi edition. On today's show, Christopher's off for the week, so Mike gets ready to take in the one, the only, George Montanez. You can check out George on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino, along with many other activities involving the fantasy baseball realm. So sit back, strap in, and get ready for a data blast as Mike and George go deep on the winter meetings, 2020 offseason ADP, and much, much more. Take it away, boys! Welcome into the Plazo Podcast. You are listening to a fantasy baseball show about fantasy baseball. My name is Michael Govier uh, at MJ Govier on Twitter, if you so desire. Of course, Palazzo Pod on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Of course, you can email the show, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. That's two L's and two Z's. Chris is off this week. He's uh, doing stuff that matters to society, that is much more important than fantasy baseball. And with that, we have someone who does wonderful things for society but he's given us some of his own time ladies and gentlemen george montanez is on the show with us at roto nino how's it going george hey man how's it going i'm, I'm doing well i'm just excited glad to be here uh thank you for inviting me on uh i i know that if i'm doing anything with you it's gonna have a ton of energy it's gonna be a ton of fun so yeah <laughs> it's just looking forward to this for sure oh geez you know i just asked you how's this going like we didn't just talk for ten minutes before we started doing this. <laughs> uh, yes, so we do know how it's going, but you know that's what you do in this stuff, right? You you ask an introductory thing like "Hello, how are you?" Right, right, yeah. Got to break the ice. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah. So on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino, that's the best spot to find you. Is there anything else you want to plug or uh, you know, podcast wise? You, you know, you're you got website stuff going on. What uh, what else is going on for you? 
Yeah, so I'm just now just, you know, diving into everything. Uh, I'm going to have some articles coming out soon on fantrackshq.com. Uh, and other than that, uh, you can hear me over on the Bases Loaded pod with Mike Curlin. Uh, and then uh, I'm doing a, another podcast with Heath Caps at the Rotor Ranks, Rotor Ranks Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm going to be getting that back up here soon, too. It's just it's been a crazy year, man. It's been a crazy year uh, with lots of ups and downs. I'm just ready to get past it, ready to dive back in. And get going here for 2021. Sleepy K, God, I love Sleepy K. Mike, yeah, you're, out yeah, there. you're listening right now, Mike. You're the, you're the best. He's like the, he's seriously like the fantasy baseball mascot. He really is. And he's also great at what he does, but he's also very willing to make fun of himself, and that's why I adore him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why I've had a lot of fun with Mike. Now it's been almost two years. Almost two years going. Shit. With, yeah. Yeah, Junior crazy. Wow, dude, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, coming up on uh, spring, uh, once we get into spring, it'll be two years there with Mike at uh, Bases Loaded. It has just gone by so fast. It's crazy. Well, I, I know you guys hit the 100 episode. It was right before the season was starting. I remember Mike being a little disappointed because it wasn't like when the actual action had started. It should have started, but it didn't. So you guys have been around for a while. Yeah, you guys, I mean, it's a well-respected pod. Is I haven't listened in a minute. I'll be frank. Uh, but is Zach still on the pod too, or uh, what's up with Zach? Zach Zach is still on the pod. He hasn't been on in a in a while. Um, he's he's had a lot of stuff going on too. But yeah, you you'll probably hear him coming on. I think he'll he'll be ready to jump back into things probably in the next month or so too. So yeah, no, Zach's still around. You could be jealous, and uh, <laughs> you probably should. Zach was actually on the show before you. This is a long time. This is like oh man, we first started the show. <laughs> I I know I. I just saw, I was like, this Zach guy, who is he? I got to get to know him. And uh, it was probably in like April or so. And we talked about a uh, mock draft, I think, or an actual draft at that point. But uh, I like Zach a lot. He's a good dude. Very good dude. Well, this is this is very well overdue then. <laughs> yes. Oh, hell yeah. Look, this is just, as we said before the show started, this is an intro. I wanted to get George on the show so we could talk a little bit. I like to have him back when things start heating up in January, February. Things get busy. And hopefully Chris will be back too and we can get the ball rolling, but we're here to talk about baseball, fantasy baseball, the impact, the fallout. We're going to run through some winter meeting chatter, and then we're going to look at some of the mocks that George has done and also uh, actual drafts, a couple of drafting holes he's done on NFBC. So we'll get into that later in the show. And then there'll be some goofiness in the middle there, sandwiched in between where I ask him silly, silly, just ridiculously absurd this or that. (laughs) You know, scenarios. I like scenarios. I think it's fun. I wish I could do, I should do like a three. I usually do a this or that. I should do like a A, B, or C. That would make it more complex, but it's also made for like a three hour show. We don't have time for that. So, <laughs> George, let's get rolling with leading off. All right, so the winter meetings, uh, virtual this year, not the usual fanfare that you get. You know, winter meetings are usually a place where people try to get jobs and come down to try to advocate for themselves. You know, people want to break in, get into the analytics department. Hell, do anything, be an intern, right? And this is a different version now because it's just a bunch of rich people kind of hanging out in front of their computers or wherever they're at. Right. <laughs> but there's still been a few moves that, the biggest move, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's probably the Lance Lynn deal is the one that was the biggest, like, whoa, okay, Lance Lynn's on the move. He goes from the Rangers 
to the White Sox. White Sox get back Dane Dunning, who I really liked. And as a Tigers fan, George, I watched Dane Dunning pitch against us, and I was very impressed with what I saw in terribly small sample size, which is like, it goes without saying when you talk about 2020. But I wonder, uh, what are your initial impressions from a fantasy perspective on this deal? Yeah, so this was a really good trade, I thought, for both sides. You know, White Sox are ready to compete. Uh, and, and Dane Dunning, you know, good young pitcher, showed some promise last year. He was he came up, and after a year off of uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery, he gets his first, you know, first game back is in, is in the majors. You know, first uh, first live action, <laughs> you go right out there uh, in, in the majors in the middle of a playoff push for the White Sox. And he did well. He did well, and I like the move because, I mean, he goes to Texas, a team that isn't necessarily going to be looking to compete right away, and so they could just let him go out there and throw, and, you know, if he struggles a little bit, let him work it out, but I really like this for both sides, you know, and then the White Sox obviously get a quality, you know, veteran starter who's going to eat up some innings. Uh, it doesn't really move It doesn't really move things for me as far as Lynn goes. Uh, I know he's been going, like, right around pick 60 or so, Uh Wow. Yeah, it's high. high yeah, for me. Yeah. yeah, same. So same. I, I'm right there with you. It's a little high for me. I just have some concerns about a pitcher going into his age 34 season who throws almost exclusively fastballs. So you know that if, uh, you know, just a slight, you know, slight decline in, in the fastball velo is, you know, things can go really bad there. So uh, a little risky for me. You know, he's going to eat a ton of innings, though. So you know the innings the strikeouts going to be there. More win potential. But as far as the ratios go, I, I think you could probably get a little bit better there in that range or maybe even a little later. But, yeah, I, I like this, though, as for, from a real baseball perspective. It's it's great move for both sides. And then um, I, I like this for, for Dunning from a fantasy perspective. You know, he was going like right in the somewhere in the 200s. I want to say about 250 or so from what I remember in the few drafts I've done. And I know he's a popular sleeper. And, yeah, he's I think he's uh, going to be a big target of mine. Yeah, I remember – in the mock that you and I are in, the Rotofanatic mock, which uh, will be discussed on rotofanatic.com next week, and there'll be a pod about it because we've been doing one every month on Rotofanatic. Uh, it seemed like as soon as that trade happened, I swear someone like drafted Dunning immediately because we were already <laughs> in that range of like plus 200 ish, um, somewhere around there. And yeah. I got excited. I, I was like, damn it. Because I was like, oh shit, I'm moving Dunning up my uh, queue list here because I'd like to jump on that because I, I do believe. I know, again, I hate saying this qualification. It was a limited sample, but the way that Globe Life Field played, it seemed like it wasn't clearly defined as a uh, hitter's park. I mean, things aren't like they used to be in the hot summer in August in Texas when they had the open stadium and the ball would fly out of there. I think uh, I think there's a little more balance now, but we still need to have a lot more information. Right, yeah, yeah. So based on just what we've seen, it, it looks... I mean, and and this is kind of just anecdotal from the players there, but you know, they kind of you get the impression that it's it's more of a pitcher's park. So you definitely like that for for Dunning. Uh, on the other side, well, it yeah, didn't work out for Corey Kluber. It's tragic, tragic. So right, <laughs> but lived for him. I feel bad for the old man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's a, uh, on the other side for Lynn. You you do like the uh, the change in the division. You know, there in the in the AL Central you know facing some of the teams like like the tigers uh like the royals like uh indians who could have a depleted lineup if they move lindor i feel like you're being negative about the tiger <laughs> is that what i'm detecting here yeah hey man i'm a giants fan so i oh, mean i i oh, have we have no <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. 
Oh man, really? Oh shit. Yeah. 2012, man, that was tough. Oh yeah. Yeah. Heard us. Uh never bad. Could still see it now, Sergio Romo. <laughs> right down the middle. Three home runs, Verlander. I mean, what happened? It's it's like this bizarro world just took over all of a sudden. I I'll never understand what happened in that series because we we smoked, we rolled through the ALCS and then it just all fell apart. Uh, it was that was very painful for me. Uh, but congratulations, <laughs> you got three World Series, George. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh but yeah. So it is going to be a benefit for him. The Central Division sucks. It does. Although you know the White Sox are obviously a stud team. Indians. I'm not sure where they're at. I'm still a little confused. It seems like they're trending down from where they were. I mean, they were in the World Series, Game 7, you know, right on the brink of winning it all in 2016. And now it's 2020 going on 2021. And Cleveland's, you know, they're. it just seems like they're descending as opposed to ascending a little bit. So, But Minnesota's still very good, but they never win a playoff game. So I think, I think you're right. I think there's plenty of balance for Lynn to benefit as opposed to the West, which I would admit is definitely much more difficult. But I think I just wonder, like, I know we're talking from a fantasy perspective, but quickly from a baseball perspective, is Lynn going to be a good fit for that ballpark? Yeah. Um, I just don't know. I, I've got concerns about that. I mean, it, the ball, you know how it goes ballpark, there, too. Yeah, the ballpark definitely, uh, it's definitely more hitter friendly, that's for sure. Um and Lynn being the type of pitcher he is, I mean, I, I watched so many of, I owned a lot of Lynn in, in 2020. And so I watched a lot of his starts and you're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat when you're watching <laughs> Lynn pitch. Cause it's like, everything's coming off the bat. And, um, is he a number know, two to you? Is he a number two starter in your opinion? For a team like the White Sox? Yeah. I, I, I think he's a, a number two okay. starter. Not to dismiss Keuchel who, you know, either one of them could be the number two, I guess, but I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lynn has fantasy value. I thought he got too inflated by the season. And I actually want to ask you this, because I've asked everybody who's come on the show in the recent months about this. Do you believe, or is your gut telling you, because we don't have enough to necessarily prove this yet, that pitchers empty the gas tank and gave a lot more with in terms of increasing velocity and pitch trying to pitch deeper into games because they knew they only had a 60-game season, that they could kind of leave it all out in the field? Yeah, absolutely. It could definitely see that, you know, um, if you're told like, hey, we've got a 60 game season, just put it all out there. You could definitely see that. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that. I, I feel like there, there's always an attitude that you know what you're going into. If you have a sh- shortened season, you say to yourself, well, hey, I don't have to pitch 180 innings this year. Great. So let's just rear back and let it fly. But you know, there's exactly. still injuries that occurred, right? So, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just like and something. Who knows? Maybe that, maybe that in itself correlated with some injuries. You know, we don't. There's just so much we don't know. So much we don't know, and and maybe it is some of that. You know, guys giving it that little extra push and a combination of starting and stopping and uh, there, there's just there were so many circumstances this year that were just so different from the norm. Uh, so it's it's just hard. It's hard to evaluate. You almost have to lean on some of the um, some of the narratives, some of the quotes, and, and things we're hearing from players, from managers. You know, like you know, Yohan Moncada, for example. You know, talking about 
the energy and and uh, finding it difficult to get up for games sometimes. And and so you, you almost kind of gotta you know look you know really look into all these things. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I mean there was just so many different circumstances that it, it's tough. It, it's definitely I can see it being tough for a lot of guys. Definitely, and we'll talk more about this when we look at some ADP mock draft stuff later in the show. But going into 2021, then we had such a short season. How can we expect anybody to throw 180 innings next year? Yeah, I mean, projecting innings is is going to be tough. That's for sure. We don't even know how many games we're going to get. Right, you that's know, true too. Yeah, so much is is up in the air. I, I would think that you know these guys are. I mean, at least the veteran pitchers are you know, have their regimen and on are on a program where they're going to be ready to, you know, handle that workload. It's maybe some of the younger guys, the Sixto Sanchez, the, the Ian Anderson's, uh, the Jesus Lazardos, guys like that, where I may be a little bit more concerned uh, as far as like what kind of workload we're going to see from them next year. Ah, man. Okay. So maybe I'm getting too paranoid about it, but I am really concerned. You're right. We don't know how many games will be played. I've already been touting the fact that I think, They'll delay the season because why play more games if okay, maybe there's too many ifs. It's December. There are so many ifs. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'll just but we're trying to project out and we're trying like you did. You did real drafts that will be for 2021. Right. So you're ta- you're you already put yourself on the line. Uh if there's a vaccine that could be rolling out soon, that could change things. You're right. There's so many things to think about. I'm I'm getting tired right now just thinking about it. I need yeah. a nap. Hey. You know, I, you know, seeing all, all the, the baseball news coming out and stuff, I, I'm I'm impatient and I'm impulsive. So, yeah, I got into those drafts. I, I didn't want to wait. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty, George. We love the honesty hey, on the show. The smart thing to do, I mean, I probably should have waited until we have more news as far as what kind of season we're going to have, but I couldn't wait. <laughs> Screw it. That itch, you know, it gets up inside exactly. you. The next thing you know. You're drafting. It's a sickness. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Dane Dunning could be good news. Lance Lynn, I mean, he's going to be a free agent, too, so maybe he'll go all out, give everything to the White Sox, and then someone will overpay him. But it is also Major League Baseball. Rarely does anyone overpay for free agents anymore. So good luck on that, Lance. All right, well, other news. Uh, I wanted to mention, because, you know, he was a big part of that Tigers run that came up short thanks to your Giants. But Dave Dombrowski (laughs) is going to be with the Phillies now, which blew my mind. I just found out about this. I was late to the party. So congratulations to Mr. Dombrowski. I think that's good news for the Phillies. I don't... Dombrowski's not a guy who sells the parts that they have now. He sells the prospects. He's he's, right. he's the guy who sacrifices the future for the now, at least in the recent um, efforts he's had in Detroit and even with Boston. So I think Philly fans should relax. And if you're in a dynasty league, you know, keeper league where you own Zach Wheeler or other veteran Phillies. I think you should be comfort. Take comfort the fact that Dombrowski is not going to be selling these guys. What do you think? Right. Yeah. And that is a team that is kind of built for, you know, going for it. Now you've got Harper there. Uh, you know, you've got Zach Wheeler who's, th- you know, 30 years old now. And uh, you got Aaron Nola in his prime. That That's a team that's kind of built for the, now they got, you know, the, really the only good hitting prospect of note in Alec Bohm, they have him up playing already now, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, they've got everyone up. They're a team that is ready to compete now. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's, 
I'm not sure what pieces they have to even move. We'll see what, what he can do there. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as you know that they're going to at least try to put out a competitive team out there next year. Yeah, and they got Spencer Howard, too. I mean, maybe Spencer Howard goes. I don't know. I mean, they traded six of Sancho's at a time when uh, maybe they shouldn't have. I don't know. I, I maybe would have held on to him because it looks like maybe it's all smoke, too, because JT Real Muto might be hitting the road. So right. that could look like a big loss. You trade Sixto, you don't keep Real Muto. That's not a good deal. But anyways, that's the previous regime. I'm mainly concerned with the fact that there's a lot of talk and hot air from everybody on the Internet. That Philly is hey. going to be dumping salary, but everyone wants to dump salary. So get in line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not buying that. The only, the only team I know for sure that wants to dump salary is Cleveland. I feel very confident in, in that one. And of course, my Tigers, because we're cheap, but we don't have anybody worthwhile that has a long term deal besides Miguel Cabrera. I think he's still <laughs> owed like, <laughs> I think it's still three or four more years on that damn deal. Oh, it's a nightmare. Anyways. I digress. Let's move on from that. So I think, you know, if you got Phillies and you're in dynasty leagues that you're counting on this year, hold on to them. Stay strong. You'll be fine. I trust in Dombrowski. Uh, Nate Lowe was traded today. Speaking of the Rangers, the Rangers are busy beavers, aren't they? Or they are, they're active in the trade market early and often here. Uh, right. Yeah. A a, another deal. move. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they did give up a kind of a heralded prospect. I mean, uh, I, I'm not too much of a prospect guy, but I saw you know, people were going crazy over uh, Heriberto, um, was it Hernandez? Heriberto yeah. Hernandez. Uh, and, uh, but I mean, hey, we have been waiting for Nate Lowe to get that playing time for a couple of seasons now. Uh, you know, free Nate Lowe. They finally did. They sent him to the Rangers. He should be getting their, you know, everyday first base job. And I, I like it. Uh, it's another, I mean, first base isn't too deep of a position. It's kind of top heavy. And then you got a middle tier and some interesting guys in the back end. But, that Nate Lowe just adds another guy into the mix uh, to make that position just a little deeper. So I, I like it. We'll see where it's going to be interesting to see Nate Lowe's ADP where it changes now in, in drafts. Uh, I know he was going really late before I kind of imagine he slots in right in between like the Eric Hosmer and Reese Hoskins range, but uh, we'll see. I mean, he's, he's a talented player uh, barrel rate over 10% the last two seasons. It was up to 15% uh, in, you know, again, short, small sample size <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah 15 percent in, in 2020 uh big time line drive hitter doesn't hit too many fly balls so i'm not sure how much power he's gonna hit for but i if i have to kind of just give a projection off the top of my head i would say maybe he's a 270 275 hitter maybe 25 home runs so that'll play at first base uh, especially if he's hitting like at the heart of the order and i am waiting with you on nate lau yeah. Brandon Lau, see Brandon Lau and Nate. It's Lowe. his fault. It's it's, yeah. it's his fault. It is. Everyone's been saying low for decades. Now it's Lau. I mean, it's just it's not cool, Brandon. And you're a good player, but come on. No, but yes, Nate Nate Low is on the brink here, man. He was he gave me two weeks in early September of this past season. He was stealing bags, hitting bombs. He was making an impact. He has the tools. He can. I really believe that this is a 10 steal guy. If he gets full playing time, I think 10 steals in a full season are totally doable. Yeah. And the Rangers are a team that, that runs. So yes! exactly. yeah, if you get a hand, if you even get a handful of, of uh, steals from Nate Lowe, I mean, with the uh, solid average and some power, I mean, yeah, absolutely. He, I, I could see him right there with the uh, yeah, right there, right in line with like Eric Hosmer. So yeah. that, 
if you've got Nate Lowe, if you've already drafted, you got him late. I mean, that's just an incredible boost to his value right there. Tremendous. I mean, this is early again, but the ADP right now on NFBC.com, he's 41 first baseman, 403rd overall on average. So, right, if anybody drafted him in the 300s up there or lower, it's a steal right now, in my opinion. Absolutely. But you didn't know that prior. But now, I mean, he also has a wide range. His his max and minimum, 269 and 464. So he's an interesting player. Some people really seem to buy in based on these early returns, and other people are like, well, it's the same old log jam. But that log jam's gone. Long gone. That's good news for us. Okay. Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know much about uh, Hernandez. I admit that. I'm going to be honest. Sometimes people will try to lie to you and pretend that they know everything about prospects and fantasy baseball. I know the game of fantasy baseball. I know how to play it, and I know the players. I know the teams. I know everything <laughs> there is to know about it, but I don't know every prospect. I admit that. So I wish the best yeah, of luck. Hey, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I, I had no idea. Um I mean, the way that he's been talked up on Twitter today, I almost feel like I should have. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. I right? mean, yeah, that always happens with a prospect. You don't you don't really know about him, and then a, a deal happens or something opportunity opens up for that prospect, and then boom, Twitter's just filled with it. And really, that's what I need to wait for. I don't have to do any work because I know Twitter will do all the work for me, and then I'll just fill myself in on the details. So, <laughs> thanks, Twitter. <laughs> So, okay, so Nate Lowe, looking forward to the opportunity there. Uh, other trades of note, quickly, we'll kind of run through this. Uh, Ryza Iglesias, he was moved earlier in the week to the Angels. The Angels picked up two Iglesias's, two for the price of one, uh, by also getting Jose Iglesias from the Orioles, who I loathe. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about Jose Iglesias, George, but I get pretty, uh, I get a little upset. So, <laughs> um, I'm not really pleased with his tenure as a Tiger. I thought he was overrated a little blustery with this fielding acted like he could make every play ever but then actually didn't always do that uh i don't know it doesn't matter point being is i want to focus on Rizal iglesias who i really still like nine million dollar salary some people are calling it a salary dump for the reds how do you see this is it a salary dump or is it an opportunity from an aggressive angel squad who's trying to surround mike trout with talent well, I, I did see that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if this confirmed or not, but that the Reds might be paying some of that salary. I'm not sure how aggressive they were shopping him, or if it was the Angels, you know, going after him. Uh, the Reds could be possibly just trying to move some money around to, you know, pick up a shortstop. Or uh, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I, I did see also that they might be shopping Sunny Gray. So, oh yeah. 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 So who, who knows? Um, I'm not sure. I just, I love the move for Rysel. I love the move for the angels. You know, that that's another team that it's like, you got to win. Now you've got the best player on the planet. You got to get him to the playoffs. Like, you know, so I love the aggressiveness on the angels part to go out and get Rysel who, I mean, in 2020, he was pitching as well as he's ever pitched before. Uh, put up career low, you know, FIP and, and XFIP. One thing that I like to do is, as far as like this offseason and preparation for 2021 is kind of look at the rolling averages graphs and because they, we are working with small samples and, and just kind of see like, you know, has this player performed like this before? And, and, you know, if they have, or if they haven't, you know, what's different now. And uh, I mean, yeah, Iglesias was, you know, putting up career low FIP and, and XFIP and uh, just pitching out of his mind this year. He was, he was awesome 
you know, if he's over here on the, uh, on the Angels now, you'd like to think that maybe he gets some more um, save chances uh, there. So, yeah, I, I like the move for Rysel. I think he's probably going to end up being one of my top five uh, closers just because, I mean, right now there's so much so much just that's up in the air as far as the closing landscape. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Uh, you maybe have a half dozen closers right now uh, that you could, you know, actually, you know, with confidence say this is going to be the guy and he's going to hold on to that job, you know? So, I mean, Rysel ha- has the track record, you know, he's going to be the guy, uh, you know how talented he is. And so I, I like the move. Some people have adopted the I don't draft closers thing like as their own mantra, but that's always been a thing, in my opinion, because I always that's just something you always did. It was a draft strategy that's always been out there. So I don't know if there's mm-hmm. like a fantasy analyst who's known for that in the in the industry or whatever. And if you are, congratulations to you. But <laughs> I've done three mocks on Roto Fanatic. We did the October, November, and we just finished December tonight. Right. That just wrapped up. Yeah. So I did not draft. I don't believe a single closer in any of those mocks because I'm just going to play it out on the waiver wire. I, I, I just don't, it's too chaotic right now. And I'm just like, screw it, screw it. I don't have a need for it right now because the landscape, as you said, is just, it's just a big mess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're, that's perfectly viable if you're drafting right now and there's no, like if it's just a standalone league and uh, you got your standard, you know, seven bench spots, if you're drafting right now, yeah. I mean, if you're missing out on the top closers or you just you want to secure other positions at those draft slots, perfectly viable to just kind of sit back and wait just because there's so much that's undecided. I mean, we just got this trade a few days ago, and it's like all of a sudden, oh, Lucas Sims could be a closer, someone that you, you know, no one was drafting before, right? No no one has been drafting unless you're like in a draft and hold, which is you a know, completely different situation there, but yeah, if you're like in a standalone league right now and, and you're drafting and you got your seven bench spots, I mean, there's almost, you know, if, if you're, it's perfectly viable to just punt saves out of the draft and just pick up these guys off the waiver wire. Punt team. That's right. You're listening to the Palazzo <laughs> Podcast. It's Michael Govier and George Montanez on the show. We're talking about the winter meetings, things that have come out of it, minimal transactions, nothing too intense. Lance Lynn, we covered that. Rizal Iglesias, Jose Iglesias, Nate Lowe, and... I got to tell you, by the way, I do say this with some certainty. I think Rizal still has some killer 40 save seasons left in the tank. Uh, his his expected ERA was elite last year. His whiff rate's outstanding. Uh, the contact he gives up, it's not it's not something I'd worried about too much. Uh, for a closer, he has all the tools. He has everything you need. I just think, you know, maybe this is a stretch too, but Dylan Bundy got a fresh start in anaheim last year and looked fantastic finally and think maybe uh you know moving out to the west coast rizal will prove his mood and that'll be just the little key he needs to put it all together because he's already he has it all he just needs to have a full season that doesn't have a bunch of inconsistency that's what i'm missing yeah that's right that's right and we dealt with a couple of seasons too where the reds were kind of putting him out there in multi-inning situations and oh yeah remember that yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian so, Price, me- terrible manager. Brian Price. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just want Rysel to come out, be the guy in the ninth inning, get the, all the saves, and yeah, I mean, heck, 40. Uh, we, we hardly ever see 40 save closers these days, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's a uh, league leader next year in, in saves. So yeah, he's going to be right up there with them. So yeah, great, very good move. Really like Rysel. And, and he's one of, right now, and if you look at his ADP, he's one of the last 
guys in drafts right now, one of those last like established closers. He's one of the last ones there in ADP going after the Edwin Diaz, going after Hader and Hendricks and Aroldis Chapman. Uh, you know, he he's the last one with I look at right in there with those guys and, and he's the last he's the cheapest one of them. So if you're in drafts right now, yeah, I mean Rysel's coming at a pretty good value. Yeah, it's a weird world, you know. Drew Smiley signs a one year eleven million dollar deal. I still don't know how that happened. Uh, <laughs> and now Rizal Iglesias is on the West Coast. So things move quickly. And by the way, Daniel Bard won comeback player of the year. And I just want to make a quick note of this because I was such a fan of his comeback. And he really ended up taking the closers job. When he started the season in this brief session of 2020, he was just barely on the roster as just a middle reliever. But, you know, Wade Davis did what Wade Davis does. <laughs> he fell apart pretty quickly, <laughs> got hurt. And then next thing you know, Daniel Bard's closing and actually doing a good job. Everybody loved Jairo Diaz. And I, I loved Jairo Diaz too, but he also didn't get the job done. Bard was the stability for a disappointing Rockies team. And I just think it's a really cool story. I think it's great. Seven years out of baseball, and now he's uh, the comeback player of the year for 2020. Yeah, congrats to congrats to Daniel Bard. I know it, it had been like uh, since 2011, I believe, that he had gotten a save in, in MLB. So, yeah, long journey uh, for, for Daniel Bard, and congrats to him for winning comeback player of the year. Welcome back, Daniel. <laughs> By the way, the other there was two that won. It was him and uh, Salvador Perez. So congratulations, nice comeback. Uh, still no walks for Salvador, but that's okay. He he hit for a good average, and people love that. In fact, I'll get your quick take on this. It looks like Salvador Perez has skyrocketed to possibly like the second catcher, generally speaking, based on ADP and what people are ranking right now. Do you have Salvador that high? Is he your top two or three catcher for twenty twenty one? Salvador is a tough one because, I mean, he had an incredible season, but, I mean, his profile just kind of screams that regression is coming, you know. Yeah. Incredibly high BABIP, uh, doesn't walk. He's just kind of risky there. I, I kind of – I like the potential of, of uh, Will Smith. Uh, Wilson Contreras, you kind of know what you're going to get from him year in and year out. Uh, Yasmani Grandal – Another one who's pretty consistent, still walks a ton. He's there with the with the White Sox, so uh, I think Sal might might have him right now, currently as like my number four catcher, right behind uh, Real Muto, Smith, and uh, Contreras. Uh, but you definitely know that Sal's going to be in there every day. Uh, he is going to hit in the heart of the lineup, so definitely love that from the catcher position. I just I don't know the. Uh, the batting average regression that's going to come is just kind of a little bit scary, but we'll see. <laughs> ah, it's batting average regression. Oh, no. Tragic, tragic. But I agree with you 100%. I think you're absolutely correct. I cannot believe he's the second catcher going off the board inside the top 100 picks all of a sudden. This is early ADP, but he's 83 right now. 83? Salvador Perez? Come on, guys. Will yeah. Smith's going to 110. I'd happily take Will Smith at 110 over Salvador Perez. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Strange. Well, hey, you know, recency bias. You guys got to watch out for that. And here on the Plaza Podcast, we do our best not to be too biased towards the recent, what we've seen in front of us. We try to take the whole package under consideration. And uh, that's pretty much the winter meetings chatter. Uh, James McCann is on the brink. He was supposedly supposed to sign with the Mets, but now the Phillies are jumping into the mix. Uh, it's a mess. And suddenly, again, as a Tigers fan, 
James McCann was just kind of tossed aside, and now he's this hot commodity. I mean, what the hell happened there? How did that happen? Can you tell me, George? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. He had that really, you know, surprise 2019 where he kind of broke out uh late career breakout there. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know. You just, you kind of, you look at the numbers and all of a sudden he was hitting an incredible amount of line drives. He's hitting the ball hard. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like James McCann uh, from a fantasy perspective. I think, you know, yes, he does strike out a lot, but I, I think that the uh, line drive profile and, you know, he hits the ball to all fields and he has a really high uh, hard hit rate. I think he could kind of sustain some of that average. And he's someone from the catching position who could maybe give you uh, three or four steals o- over the course of the season. So definitely like James McCann, but yeah, yeah, it's, you look at the track record and it's like, uh, is this really, is this the real James McCann though? <laughs> <laughs> who are you? James McCann, who are you? You bastard. God, another Tigers mistake. You're not a bastard, James McCann. I'm just pissed and bitter. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that, George. I should control myself. This is a professional show. So <clears throat> anyways, George Springer might sign with the Mets too. That'll be fun. I think the Mets will probably make some moves here. I've heard Bauer might go there. I can't wait to see where some of these big names go. Real Muto, Springer, Bauer. Those are some of the ones I'm most interested in. But last piece of information on the winter meetings, we'll move on. Adam Eaton signed a one-year, $7 million deal to go back to the White Sox where it all began, where he pissed off Todd Frazier. That's where it all started. And I got to say, I love this deal. This is a nice, smart deal. I like it a lot more than the Lance Lynn deal if if I'm a White Sox guy. But from a fantasy perspective, Adam Eaton is always underrated. As long as he's healthy, I find, especially in points leagues and OBP leagues, Adam Eaton is one always a steal in my view. What about you? Yeah, that's right. We'll see what kind of role that that he has coming in. I know the White Sox aren't necessarily done yet. So if he is a starting everyday right fielder, I I mean, yeah, he's still he's still got the you know on base skills and you know he's going to steal some bases, uh, maybe hit a dozen home runs and and still you know maybe double digit bag. So uh, yeah, underrated from an OBP perspective, but I wouldn't mind him as like a fifth outfielder in that kind of format. Uh, and I, I mean, you can get them really late right now. So it's insane. Definitely. Yeah. 428, 428. It's that low now. I mean, I, I remember getting him last year. He was around like the 200, like, you know, early to mid two hundreds. And he's really fallen farther than that. Wow. It's going to be interesting to see where they slot him in, in the order. Just, I mean, given his ability to get on base, you know, if they put him there in the two hole behind uh, Tim Anderson, uh, could definitely be a, a good boost for him, you know, score some runs. You know, he's going to get on base. So, yeah. I'd rather have Adam Eaton or David Dahl. David Dahl, who's a man without a country right now. Does that make you yeah. scare <laughs> you off of David Dahl? I mean, besides the endless injury history. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if that necessarily scares me off of David Dahl. And I mean, Adam Eaton doesn't necessarily have the cleanest track record of health as well. But I think oh. right now, I'll, I'll take the guy who is on a team and. Uh, you know, is going to get on the field. So, yeah, I think I will take uh, Adam Eaton right now. <laughs> I think that's funny. It's funny to me because David Dahl, ADP 309 right now to Adam Eaton's 428. That's interesting. That's very – I don't know if people were drafting or he was still technically a member of the Rockies before they non-tendered David Dahl. Well, ne- I don't know that for sure, but I still find that to be a bit peculiar. Anyways – we're not going to talk about Tinder anymore. We're going to move into the most silly part of the show. It's time for Inside Palazzo Studio, where I ask silly scenario questions that are focused on gibberish 
or just random musings and even more possibly <laughs> things that hit close to home where you have to make a tough choice george you think you can handle this situation i'm ready man i was looking forward to this segment all night <laughs> hey, 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 all right that's the kind of spirit and enthusiasm we like So let's get into it right off the bat. I got to know, uh, Rick or Morty? Oh, Rick. Oh, it's yeah. that easy? Yeah, it's it's Rick. <laughs> okay, shit. I did, I'm impressed. I thought that'd be more of a challenge, but uh, I don't know how much. You, I do know you like the show, right? Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. I've actually only seen one episode, so I don't even know who Rick or Morty is. I know they're cartoon characters, but I don't know which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's basically a grandpa and, and his grandson off on uh, adventures. He's like this mad, you know, genius, and uh, they they go on all kinds of adventures. So it's it's pretty funny. But Morty's just kind of <laughs> he's kind of the punching bag, uh, you know, oh. Rick's punching bag there, and it, it's yeah, it hilarious show, but. Yeah, kind of like Meg uh, on Family Guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, there we go, folks. Uh, Would you prefer double A or triple A batteries? Uh, Double A. Okay, I agree. I like double A's better, too. All right, let's try this one. I got so many of these, and I never know where to go. Uh, Bilbo or Frodo? Mm, Frodo. Oh, okay. You prefer the uh, a different scenario. You like the Hobbit, or no? You like yeah? Yeah. Wait, no. Wait, a shit. No, Frodo is in both, isn't he? No, Bilbo does the Hobbit. Oh my God, what do I know about the Lord of the Rings? I'm an idiot. Listen to me, Babylon, <laughs> like a fool. Okay, let's move on from that. Uh, McDonald's or Taco Bell? Taco Bell. Oh, okay. You don't McDonald's fries, hot and fresh, man. Those are pretty good. They they are, but uh. You know what they? I think I I loved the quesarito from Taco Bell. I think they just discontinued that though. I, I went the other day and they didn't have it anymore. They said no, we discontinued that. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> that no, but yeah, I, I don't know if I've heard anyone ever say that. <laughs> Talk yeah, about the quesarito. That's right. Bring back the quesarito, guys. Come on. <laughs> this is an open invitation taco bell please listen to this podcast hear our words bring back the quesarito damn it all right how about uh yacht rock or hip-hop you know i i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't even know what yacht rock is oh see that yeah yacht rock is still to be defined by various different people but apparently it's like steely dan or christopher cross it's like adult contemporary from the late 70s or the early 80s Gotcha. You know, I listen to everything. I, I, I listen to absolutely everything. I'm going to go ahead and go with hip-hop. Okay, good call. Uh, desktops or laptops? Laptop. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm a person of convenience. If I could take it anywhere with me, uh, I'll, I'd rather, I'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, boy, there's so many other ones. Uh, what about this? You go paper or plastic? Paper. Good man. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. I am right. I always make sure to get paper bags. That's my thing. Uh, What about this? Uh, Dogs or cats? You know, I always thought of myself as a dog person. Up until maybe about six months ago, we got a cat. We brought a little kitten home. Fell in love with the little guy. I'm I'm a cat person now, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I, I still like you. I do. 
Uh, yeah, they're can't. just easy. They, they're uh, easy to to kind of manage, take care of. Uh, very very low maintenance. And yeah, they don't they, love you though. Uh, they they it takes them time. It takes them a lot longer to kind of trust you and give you, you that love. It. But you got exactly you got to earn it. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. I have nightmares because a cat attacked me when we were little. I was like five years old. We had a cat named Duke. And he would just come up into the beds and scratch our faces all night. It was awful. So, kind of ruined cats for me. <laughs> Thanks, Duke. Jeez. Jeez whiz. Uh, what about Christopher Nolan or Steven Spielberg? Oh, man. Now that is tough. There we go. Finally. I knew we'd get you sooner or later. This is a tough one. I mean, these are so many fantastic films by both of these directors. If you had to be stuck on a desert island for all time with one of them... Right? I mean, I, I would never get bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. Uh, this is a tough call. That's right. That's right. Uh, I will go with Christopher Nolan. Oh. What's your favorite Christopher Nolan movie? I mean, it's got to be Dark Knight. There it is. I mean, it's it's good for a reason. Sure, it's like super, <laughs> super popular and everyone's seen The Dark Knight and it's been like hashed out over and over and over again but it, you know if you take a step back and you remember the first time you saw the dark knight in the movie theater just remember that experience it was so good you're right yeah, yeah. And heath ledger uh God, yeah i completely agree with you i have no qualms with that in fact on uh the movie podcast i do tonight we actually broke down memento hadn't seen memento in a long time yeah. that is one that i haven't seen that i'm gonna have oh, to yeah. check out yeah that's one that yeah. one's been on my list it's been on my queue for a while Okay, well, we're definitely going to talk about that down the road because I want some point I want you to watch that maybe over the holidays or something because I want to get your feedback on that because it's it's an interesting discussion around that movie now. But anyways, this is not the Memento podcast. We're talking crazy this or that scenarios on Inside Palazzo Studio with George Montanez. And as we continue forward, I prefer to know this. Is it liberty or death? Which do you prefer? Oh, man. Give me liberty. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the worst one I come up with. Yeah, nobody wants to die. So <laughs> right? Why not have that? <laughs> Dumb. I admit that was, that was not my best one. <laughs> like, uh, I was just going to say, like uh, Tyrion Lannister says, life is full of possibilities. Ah, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of That's Thrones. Right. Uh, season eight was awful, though. So. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. I Season eight. Uh, as, yeah. No. So, tremendous uh, show. People, see, this is what I learned, and it makes so much sense to me. We love Game of Thrones, right? It was like people watched it over and over again. They binged the show. But after season eight, there hasn't been a lot of chatter about you don't Do people come up to you or people you know say, you know, I was uh, re-watching Game of Thrones again. Do they say that to you? Nope. Nope. The, they kind of just fell off, right? Like season eight happened, and it's like, oh, my God, what was that? And just completely forgot about it. Yeah, I, I, it's I wouldn't mind re-watching the show. I mean, I, and really right now, I'm waiting for the next book to come out. I'm a big fan of the, the whole series and the, oh. that whole universe. So I'm waiting for the next book to come out. I just kind of failed to recognize season eight as canon. I'm just waiting for the book. <laughs> so you're like hardcore. Okay, man, that's pretty cool. I can respect that. But nobody binges the show. The pandemic is a perfect time to re-watch the show. And people don't because season eight, like... It didn't just ruin that season. The things that are revealed in season eight spoil earlier things that you loved about the show. That's why. That's right. Yeah. All right. 
Again, this is not a Game of Thrones podcast. I'm sorry. We should just do it. We can go on. (laughs) Uh, Okay, how about this? Uh, Books or Kindle, like, or digital reading? Oh, I I need the book. Yeah, I need the physical book. Do you? Yeah. I'm old school. So do you have, like, a big-ass shelf of books at your house? Uh, I mean, I I got my bookshelf right here, right behind me. Oh, yeah, there it is. Something I'm not sure what it is. Okay, uh, yeah, it seems like books are dying. Not that they're dying literally, but physical books are fading away. Uh, how about this? Well, you just turned thirty, right? So this I can't do this one. That won't work. Uh, let's try a different one. How about oh, how about this? Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction, fiction. Yeah, I, I, I need to get lost in the story, in the world. I, I'm a big sci-fi guy, and and yeah, fiction for sure. <laughs> You prefer downtown or out in the country? Take me out to the country. Outdoors type. Nice. What kind of area do you live in? Suburban? Downtown? Oh, I, I, live, uh, I live far from the country. That's for sure. I, I'm about 15 minutes or so from downtown Los Angeles. So <laughs> it's oh! always busy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Always I mean, busy out here. Is the traffic as bad as everyone says it is? It's terrible. It, it, it's it's the worst. Yes, it adds so much stress to my life. <laughs> oh, George, that's. A, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you, my friend. I do wish you the best. I can't think of anything more frustrating than traffic because you can't do anything about it. Oh God, let's not talk. That's about right. This. Oh, luckily, getting... luckily, I got some fun podcasts like the Palazzo Pod and a bunch of other podcasts hey! to listen to while I'm stuck in traffic on my commute home. <laughs> Listen to this kiss ass. How about that? I'm impressed, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Yes, this is a Palazzo podcast. All right, a few more, and then uh, we'll move on. Uh, Okay. How about this? Coffee or tea? Coffee. And I I will tell you right now, I I drink way too much coffee. (laughs) Really? Yeah. No problem? I'm down for a coffee at any time of the day. (laughs) Oh, man. I bet if you quit coffee, you'd get headaches. You're probably one of those people. Yes. If I if it's 11 o'clock and I haven't had my coffee yet, uh, I, I could feel it coming. I feel the headache coming. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. My brother was like that, too. It's the worst, man. Guys, coffee gets in your bones. It gets inside of you, but it won't kill you, at least. That's the good news. Uh, yeah. What about this? McCovey or Posey? Oh, man. As much as McCovey, what he means to, to the Giants and that organization... I got to go with Posey. I, I got to go with the guy who I, I watched. I grew up watching and who, you know, brought us the championships that, you know, I, I was able to, to, to witness. And yeah, I, I got to go with Posey. You That's are answering guy. the question. You're answering. So, yeah, it should be specific to you. I completely agree, man. The Posey's your generational. He'll probably be uh, like the McCovey in 20 years for everything he did, you know, three titles and. All that jazz. He might not be as accomplished in terms of the stats, right? But right, he's still a great player. So I, McCovey didn't win a title, unfortunately. Uh, right. Sorry. Oh, I'm not trying to bring <laughs> down McCovey. I'm just saying I respect your decision. Oh, let's see. Oh, I asked this one. Uh, walking or running? Running. Running, yeah. G- give, me, give me some good music. Get get the get the blood flowing, get the adrenaline up, and I'll go go for a run. <laughs> yeah, all right. Cool, and you, sure. you feel good after, right? You feel good after after a nice run. 
You never feel bad after running, unless you're tremendously out of shape and you just realized, oh my God, I'm really out of shape. Then right. You yeah. <laughs> you're right. Usually if I do it, if you ever work out and you say you don't want to work out, but then you do work out, you never regret it. I can never That's think right. of a workout I did where I was like, boy, I really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well what was i thinking <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy madness i'm doing push-ups what's wrong with me uh okay uh a couple more and then we'll end this how about this uh tupac or biggie tupac yeah uh, yeah it's just it's what i grew up with uh i kind it's kind of nostalgic yeah I, I grew up with uh, family members who, yeah, they listen to Tupac, and that kind of just takes me back. It's one of those things, like, yeah, it's, it's more nostalgic for me. Uh, not that I'm necessarily a big fan of either, but yeah, I mean, I could listen to some Tupac here and there, and it just kind of takes me back. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Biggie's awesome, but I feel yeah. like Tupac alive today, he would be like a, a a leader of a movement or something he would be like this he'd be beyond a rapper beyond an actor he'd be like this super dude he'd probably be president or something i'm serious something crazy like that yeah yeah you know i i'm not sure if you've checked this out but the defiant ones on on hbo incredible documentary love that it's great jimmy ivine dre yeah incredible documentary even if you're not a hip-hop or rap fan like you you got to check it out because it is it's incredible and it just gives you such a you know it gives you know a lot of respect for those guys uh just how how hard they work you don't necessarily know what goes behind the scenes for you know these these rap artists and stuff but just as hard as they had to work and everything it's incredible very very good documentary completely agree that was like four years i gotta watch that again i think it's been a couple years since that came out i gotta get back on that really good doc i'm glad you reminded me that i'm writing that down right now uh yelling or screaming yeah, <laughs> yeah. my my kids will tell you i'm a, I'm a yeller <laughs> yeah. okay i honestly if you ask me what's the difference between the two i would not be able to give you a good answer but i thought it was funny nonetheless uh, <laughs> uh let's see soda or flavored water uh, I'll, I'll go with flavored water. I'm not a big uh, soda drinker. Uh, hardly ever drink drink soda, but I'll I'll have a, a flavored, you know, sparkling water here and there. A LaCroix. You got LaCroix over there? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. My friend is obsessed with that shit. He loves it. He can't stop drinking it. It's it's better to be obsessed with that than soda. Uh, queen or king size? Uh. Queen. Oh. I mean, if you could choose, why not have the king? Right? I mean, yeah. No. This is your choice. Queen it is. Just gives you more, I guess, more space. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a dumb question is what it is. Uh, okay. Do uh, you prefer tables or chairs? Uh, chairs. Yeah, because... You got a table. I mean, I guess you could stand at a table, but if you got the chair, at least you could sit down. That's how I see it. Right. And, of course, as we always ask, for love or money? Love. Yes. There it is. Love. <laughs> I, I, sir, somebody's lying. Somebody's lying because every time I end that segment with that exact scenario, everybody chooses love. But for some reason, money rules the world, so I don't know what's going on. It does. It does. 
a mystery. Someday I'll write a book about this. Anyways, <laughs> there it is. Inside Palazzo Studio with George. Uh, not too not too shabby. I think you did All really right, well. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, it was fun. I thank you for being a good sport, my friend. And of course, you want to be a good sport? Then follow the show. Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. We're on Twitter. And uh, I don't think. No, I think that's it. Just Twitter. <laughs> I don't really think I use a, <laughs> uh, Facebook or Instagram. It's just it just. You know, how do you do Instagram for fantasy baseball? Like, yeah, I just don't take pictures of, of like stats every day. I mean, I guess you could do that, like data data sets. Maybe that would work, but I just don't know how it translates as well. Some reason Twitter seems to be the place where everybody goes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I don't know. I'm not personally, I, I'm not on Instagram very much at, at all. Uh, so, yeah, I would be completely lost. Yeah, me neither. I don't really. I find Instagram to be a dangerous territory. Uh, <laughs> it's a very, very superfluous. Uh, sur, superfluous. There we go. I said it. Superfluous place. Uh, superficial. Don't really find it to be a lot of substance. But anyways, we're not here to talk Instagram. We're here to talk a little bit about some of the drafts that George has done. So, George, you did some NFC 50s. Uh, mm-hmm. You knocked those out. And you've been a part of our Rotofanatic mocks that we're doing. So I want to kind of open it up to you here. Talk about some of your favorite picks, uh, trends that you've noticed. The floor is yours. I'd like to get some of your thoughts. So we can go any direction you want because, you know, I could do two hours on like just talking catchers and like breaking down ADP if we wanted to, but we don't have that kind of time. So you know, some are some of the highlights and maybe your overall draft focus, if you could give a draft focus right now. Right. Yeah. Um, it's tough. I, I think I've done, well, I've done two of the NFBC 50s. And then, uh, yeah, we've been doing these mocks every month. Uh, I'm currently doing a best ball draft uh, that uh, Casey Bubba's put together. And oh, so, that's right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's been putting together these industry uh, best ball leagues that, uh, and, and it's been a ton of fun. I just, I'm not too familiar with the best ball format but it's been fun just kind of getting familiar with it uh but some i guess one overall thing that that i noticed just in in the early drafts is that i tend to really want to come out of uh the first couple rounds with one of those top tier shortstops like we we know shortstop is a is a deep position but i think it's really top heavy as far as that elite elite talent like once you got guys who you know could go 30 30 30 20 with Tatis and, and Trevor Story and uh, Francisco Lindor, um, Bo Bichette. Uh, I, I'm not sure who else I'm missing there. I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but uh, Alberto Mondesi. I've noticed that I really want to come out of those first three rounds with one of those guys just because the the value in, in outfield later on, you can get really like similar stats from some of the shortstops or even better. So like if I'm drafting like in the first round and I have a choice between like a Ronald Acuna and a Fernando Tatis, I tend to want to go the Tatis route and then I can get my outfielder in the next couple of rounds, someone like Kyle Tucker who can go 30-20. And once you get past that point, you're not really looking at shortstops who can really give you that kind of potential. So I'm just finding ways to kind of more efficiently get the stats that I need that I think are going to help me win, right? You're looking for the the speed and and power and speed combo guys. So for me, getting that one of those elite shortstops early just kind of opens that up where I can get, you know, the outfielders later on who can go 2020, like a Randy Rosarena, for example. Buzz alert, buzz alert. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, you're not really looking at shortstops who can do that uh, later on in the draft. So kind of tend to want to get one of those guys. And then we talked about a little bit about it earlier with the closing landscape. I, I've been wanting to come out of my draft with at least one of you know the top tier guys uh, in the two NFBC drafts I did. I, it, Edwin Diaz was, was my seventh round pick in, in both drafts. And I mean, he's a guy who we're looking at the Mets right now who should be a much improved team, uh, one of the best lineups. We'll see what else that they can add. But uh, Diaz, if he if he comes out performing the same way he did this last season, there's no reason why he shouldn't be one of the top closers. So I really like Diaz. And then uh, I mentioned Rysel Iglesias as one of the last guys uh, in that top tier that you can get you know, at the, the cheapest cost right now. So uh, shortstop early. Uh, one or two of those top tier closers. Uh, that that's that's really kind of what I've been um, what I've been tackling in these early drafts so far. So you think shortstop is top heavy in a sense? Then it kind of drops off because there's been tremendous talk of the you know you've heard this the depth of shortstop. Why get a shortstop now when you can get shortstops deep deep deep? There there were like a plethora of them. Is that not really the case though? It's the it's. True in the sense that it, it is pretty deep as far as the talent. Like you're looking at guys like Gleyber Torres and Javi Baez and Dansby Swanson that you can get like killers, right? Like speed power. Exactly right, right. Yeah. So you, you can find guys who provide similar skill sets at other positions in that range. So I mean, you know, you, you're looking like at outfield, you have five outfield spots to to fill. You only got one shortstop spot to fill and, and maybe a middle infield. So uh, and, and if you get two middle infields early, you could possibly set yourself back in like other position that you need to fill, such as outfield or uh, starting pitcher or something like that. So I tend to want to get those really elite guys who can give you that 30, 30 or 30, 20 upside and then kind of try to get the similar skill sets of the later shortstops at, at the other positions. Hmm. I think uh, it's just kind of, became clear to me that yes shortstop's top heavy with the elite players the depth is decent but i don't think it's as good as it was a year ago when we were drafting that's kind of how right. i feel about it right now and what about Corey seager Corey seager has exploded i mean he's up to 29 adp right now on nfbc and i don't find yeah that shortstop he's good I love Corey Seager. It was all over him last year, but he is just going way too high for me right now. Uh, he He's an elite hitter for sure. The thing is, though, I mean, it's that lack of speed that you're, if you're going to take a guy in the top 30, uh, especially at the shortstop position, I, I want a guy who's going to give me some speed. So it, it almost goes to that point I was making about trying to come out of those first couple rounds with a shortstop that's going to give you a lot of speed where, you know, if, if I do get that Fernando Tatis, in the top five, you can come back around in the second or the early third, and you can get a Kyle Tucker who's gonna who could give you twenty steals. You know, so it's like, do I want a Ronald Acuna, a Corey Seager, or do I want a Fernando Tatis and a Kyle Tucker? You're looking at a much higher ceiling there with the Tatis and, and Tucker pairing. So Seager is probably going to be a guy that I don't have much of in, in 2021. Okay. Well, speaking of that best ball that you're doing with KC Bubba. You did take Trevor Story at 20th overall. So that kind of ties into what you're doing here. I mean, he he's the only mystery. Like, he's not going to leave Colorado. There's no reason he'd leave. So you know he's going to hit there, and he's showing tremendous base stealing potential now that makes him 
it's not Trey Turner level, but you know, I can see us. I see a scenario where a season plays out where he outperforms Trey Turner in all aspects, not steals. Like he's not going to steal 40 in my opinion, but he's very close. So I think that's a great pick for you. And then you also just mentioned Kyle Tucker. You took him in the fourth round. What I'm curious about here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good comment on that. I was just going to say this, this best ball, it was just way different than what I'm used to. I mean, getting Trevor story at pick 20 completely unexpected, but I mean, it is a point space format. So those pitchers really do get pushed up. Um, like for me, for instance, like I took Trevor Bauer at fifth overall. And for me, I, I think I just have become really enamored with the idea that uh, he could be a guy who leads the league in innings next year if he gets his way. And you, I kind of wonder like how much of that is, is he kind of playing into his negotiations? Like, is he asking Like, we, we know that he's wanted to pitch like every fourth day, right? That's, that's been one of his things. Uh, if he gets his way, I mean, he could be number one overall in, in that points format. So uh, kind of got that potential there with, with Bauer and saw a big time uh, pitching run. I, I think the second round of that draft was almost exclusively pitchers. I think up until the last pick in the second round. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah. It might've been the second or third round. That was just almost exclusively pitchers. I know I got uh yeah, Trevor story. That's why and you then, took uh, Plesak at 29th overall, right? That's right. I took Plesak at, at 29, and he was actually the 13th pitcher off the board at, at 29. And for me, he was someone who is kind of perfect for this format because you get a point and a half per, per inning, a point and a half per strikeout. Uh, you know, you're not really looking for, like, quality starts. Uh, you get docked for, you know, runs given up and stuff, but it's not like a ratio thing that you have to protect. You're not so concerned about you know, the ratios you want, the volume, uh, which I, I think Plezak is going to give you. I think he had, what was it, four or five starts where he went at least seven innings uh, last year. So, you know, he's going to... It, it was you know, crazy. Eight innings, 11 Ks. Yeah, it was stellar. That's right. That's right. So, you know, he's going to give you on a per game basis, going to give you those innings. Uh, and I, I buy into those skills. So, I, I think he can at least give you a strikeout per inning. Uh, and, I mean, it, it's the Indians. You know, the Indians have become a pitching factory so I, I just kind of buy into what they're doing over there. So I got Plezak there as the 13th pitcher uh, just because, I yeah, I, th- I think he's really great for this format. And then I was able to get Kyle Tucker uh, in, in the fourth. So we'll see. We'll see how this uh, turns out. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's one of my first best balls that I, I, I'm doing. So, yeah. <laughs> 2020 was my foray into best ball. And I learned the hard way on some things, you know, I, I, I understood the layout, but some of the drafting techniques I wish I would have done over. And I think what you're doing here is very smart. Getting these starting pitchers higher up in the level. I mean, Kevin Gausman, you took it 77 overall, and he's the 34th starting pitcher gone by then. That means like That's every other right. pick is a, pit, a starting pitcher. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got I got Kevin Gausman because at, at this point, like once we got past like the top 20 or so pitchers, it's like, got to get your guys because it was all over the place. Uh, I, I think Dylan Bundy was like a right around pick 50. So it's like, oh man, uh, you know, Gosman could be going, getting off the board here pretty soon. Um, and the uh, Gosman's a guy that I've been targeting kind of everywhere so far. Um, and so I, I figured, yeah, I got, I got to take him here. 77th overall, but yeah, 34th uh, starting pitcher. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how, how it shakes out. 
in best balls, this is best ball only, so this is not all leagues on NFBC, but on NFBC best ball, who do you think is the 34th pitcher? If you had to guess, anybody in that range, anybody from 30 to 35, do you think that Gausman is one of them? Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I think maybe Gausman's right in that range. Well, this is limited sample because we don't know how many best ball draft. I do know there's more than one because we have a min max here, but Kevin Gossman in best balls on NFPC right now is going down farther at 49. Oh, wow. 136 ADP. So it's not like crazily off where you took him at 77, but it seems like you valued him more based on that ADP, which doesn't mean it's legitimate at all. I'm just giving a comparison for the audience here to kind of see where everybody's at. Yeah. Which is crazy. Because Kevin Gosman, yeah, it is. I rock it in value, right? Yeah, I, and I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what the format for the best balls on uh, NFBC is. So, it, ah. it, right, you'd have to take a look at you know what kind of what's the scoring system there. I, I have no idea. That's true. This is and not combined either. It's just regular best balls. Yeah, I don't know. It could be different. Yeah, and, and I think I want to say like our draft was probably a little unique uh, with all the pitchers that were just getting pushed up. It was crazy. Oh, I'm not knocking at all. I'm just saying, like, just to understand the landscape of this best ball world, because best ball is getting bigger and bigger. I mean, hell, there's a podcast dedicated exclusively to it now, which was a great idea, by the way. Uh, the yeah. people, guys that started that, I want to give them uh, kudos because that was smart. It gives you a niche in the market, and best ball is gaining more traction. So I think moves like that, kudos to the best ball fantasy podcast. Good job. Um, but I love best ball now. I'm This is my thing. Like I'm going to be a best ball guy bigger than I ever was in 2021. It, it gives me more opportunity to, to play in more leagues, Yeah, you know? And cause I can't like you and I were in that dynasty league, right? The new yeah. dynasty that kicked off last in 2020. And I got lost. I gotta be honest. I mean, I'd love dynasty, but I was so overwhelmed doing this stuff, uh, doing Roto fanatic every day, trying to keep up. I had like nine teams, that I was trying to juggle all at once. And I just felt like an asshole because I'm like, I'm letting the league down, but not being a good competitor, which I hold myself up to a certain standard. So I felt bad about that. You know, it's just messy. Oh yeah. And I've been there where I've just kind of stretched myself thin to like, to the limit where I'm really just not, not fully invested or just got too much going on where, yeah, I can't, I can't pay enough attention. And best ball is perfect because you, you get your teams, you do your drafts. I mean, we all know that drafting is, you know, <laughs> drafting is number one. It's the most fun part of our, of what we do. You know, we love to draft. Yeah. So you draft your team and you don't have to set your lineups. You, you check it at the end of the season. It's like, oh, you know, there's, there's, you know, 50, 50 formats where if you finish among the top, you know, top half of the league, you, you get your money, you know, you, you get some money. So uh, it's a good way to just get a ton of volume as, as far as, you know, number of teams and, and drafts you can get and, could get a nice return there at the end of the season. That's why I love it. Yeah, it's perfect for somebody who's very busy, you know, doing draft champions, doing best balls, things where I could just do, you know, draft and hold. All right, great. That's it. Now, the Raz Slam, did you play in the Raz Slam this past year? I, I did not, know. Yeah, it was my first year in the Raz Slam, and that was like a best ball cut line. So there was two, two periods where you could pick up players, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I actually did pretty good. I think I finished third in that league, our, nice. in our league, not overall, but uh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just like, okay, this is my team, but there was two fab periods for the whole season. That was it. <laughs> one in 
like the first couple weeks and then one in August and that was it. And I blew that. And if I had picked up some players at those times, I could have improved my team, but that's the journey. That's the best ball experience, right? Learning, understanding. I, I exactly. think it's a great, I would, I think we should do a best ball league together, George. Let's get one going. Hey, I'm down. I'm in. <laughs> okay. This is on tape. We got him. We got him. Good. Uh, any other observations from your, uh, from the best ball or the NFBC fifties that you want to kind of toss up? Cause I think, this best ball chatter is great, man. Starting pitching is huge, and I, I think your draft strategy was stellar. It was right on schedule where it should be. So even though you're new to best ball, I think you're on the right track because you're a pro. You know how to play the game. But uh, any other observations before we kind of wind down the show? Uh, it, it's – yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's Every every draft has been, just been different. Uh, I think at this point I'm just kind of starting to realize, like, what my who my targets are where i feel i can get them a lot of it is just anticipation in the draft room um anticipating you know where your targets are going to be and and if those guys are are taken you know what you need to, what you could pivot to and it's about having a plan so uh yeah right now i'm just kind of starting to get a feel for for the draft boards and and you know who my guys are and uh who i'm off of because i mean it's you we could talk about our analysis all we want and and you know who would we rather have but when you're on the clock and you got money and that's when you're making those decisions so uh, i'm recognizing the guys that like i'm like no you know what no i i don't want that guy so mm-hmm. yeah right now just kind of getting a feel for it and uh, getting my research in so yeah I'll probably take a little bit of break here and maybe come get back into it uh, after the new year's but I, I just had to. I had to get into some into some jazz because I couldn't. Yeah. Hear, like I said, <laughs> absolutely, man. You deserve it. I, I want to give you a shout out for taking Nick Solak in one of your fifties. Uh, I think that's a great pick, and Nick Solak is going to be a outstanding value in twenty twenty. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, big time, big time. So he's got that second base eligibility with this, which is huge. And I, I was, it was kind of why I, I took a. Uh, it was Kevin Biggio I took in the fifth round in the best because I, I look down the ADP because, I mean, I, I'm looking for Nick Solak. I'm, I'm putting him in my queue. You know, I'm looking for my targets and, like, Nick Solak. But he doesn't have second-base eligibility in the Fantrax best ball. So I'm like, oh, well, can't go there. Um, oh. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Nick, Nick Solak's going to be a big uh, big guy that I target if I'm missing out, like, on those top-tier second basemen. Like, hey, I'm just going to wait and take Nick Solak at 160 or whatever he's going to. <laughs> yes, I tell you this. These guys are being over um, – not over. They're being dismissed, in a sense. Yeah. These guys who I think are – they show production, and people are taking 2020 at way too much of a face value. Guys like Nick Solak, uh, even Garrett Hampson. I know the Rockies are annoying, but – I'll happily wait on Solak, Madrigal, Samson. These are guys who could steal bags, give me a little bit of pop, and at, at least with uh, Madrigal, he's not going to give you much pop, but he'll hit for good average. But you know, even Hampson, he showed pop in his contact, and his hard hit rate was pretty good. I know it's a small sample size; we've covered that a million times. <laughs> I like these guys, I I don't. I'm happy to wait on second base until later in the draft, and I feel like I'm going to get really good value. Yeah, absolutely. Even a guy like Colton Long. You can, can you imagine how far Colton Wong is going to shoot up the draft boards if he signs with the Yankees or the Blue Jays in, in that great upcoming lineup? I mean, come on. That that guy's going around. I, I know he's going past uh, pick 300, that's for sure. So 383. Yeah, there you go. Almost 400. So there's a guy who 
I mean, he could go up 150 picks if he's wearing pinstripes, you know? <laughs> that, oh, yeah. I can see it already. I can already see the headlines. I can see the websites releasing their uh, their analysis on Colton Wong. Going to be a steal at that point. But then it's already too late. So if you can take exactly. Wong now with the hope that something works, because he's going to be with somebody. So I think if you're exactly. doing drafts, take a chance. Take it now. You know that he's going to be in the lineup every day because of his defense. He just won a gold glove. You know, you know, he's going to he's going to be in the lineup and he's got some good on base skills. Uh, another guy who knows how to get on and can steal some bases. And yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy who if if it's like Nate Lowe today, for example, you know, I was lucky enough uh, in our in our mock. Uh, I just had the timing right where the news came out and then I was on the clock. and like, oh, I need another first baseman. I just I drafted Nate Lowe. So, uh, yeah. Right, right. But by the time Colton Wong signs and, you know, it's going to be too late. I completely agree. I think baseball's so messed up. He wasn't even that expensive. The Cardinals declined right. an option on him that was not even that pricey. Hey, this is the world we live in now. So I, I need to learn to accept it and stop complaining about it. But I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to draft right now, man. I want to go sign up right now. George got me all fired up. There's yeah. opportunity. I want to ask you about one other thing, and then we'll hit the road. Uh Brian Hayes. Now, in one of your fifties, you took him you know, in the top thirteen rounds. Uh, you a big fan of Cabrian Hayes? Is it something that you liked that you saw in his brief stint? Yeah, so we we saw you know him really light it up in his short you know uh, short sample with with the Pirates last year. But you know he's he's got he, he's got good defense, so he's going to be in the lineup every day. Uh, he's got a great hit tool. I think the power is developing. He's going to run. Uh, so for me, I actually like him. Uh, like you know, guys like uh, Alec Bohm are, are going a little bit ahead of him. That's exactly uh, what I was thinking about, but it was in my mind. That's funny you said that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that uh, Brian Hayes can actually return a little bit more value, especially if he's going to run. He's going to hit in the top third of the the Pirates lineup, and I mean, yeah, the Pirates aren't necessarily a great team. Uh, but if he's hitting first or second in the lineup, you don't really worry too much about the the counting stats. I think those are those are kind of fluky, anyways. You know, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think Brian Hayes is is big value right now, and I think he's someone who's helium. He's going to catch a lot of helium as we get deeper into draft season, where we're looking at him going in, you know, approaching that you know top one hundred kind of area. Uh, so yeah, Hayes is someone I, I like a lot. Uh, really great, like a great hit tool, developing power. I think you can get you know about twenty home runs, hit two eighty, and steal another ten bases. And from the third base position, where I mean the only other guy who you can count on for steals there is maybe Jose Ramirez, right? I mean, uh, who else are you getting steals from from the third base spot? So that that's just another another way to uh, you know extract some value there from the third base position is uh, targeting someone like Brian Hayes. Uh, so true, man. I mean, Anthony Rendon used to steal a few bags, but it seems like his, he's not doing it as much anymore. And we can't, I, it's not a guarantee as what it once was. And <laughs> Yon Makata, if he's eligible, how long are we going to wait for Makata to finally unleash the speed? We know he can run. It just never seems to happen. So I don't know. You're right. It's, why not take a chance on somebody like that? You get good value, and you know, you know, George, that the Pirates, they cannot be any worse offensively than they were in their 60-game sample. It was so <laughs> Brian Reynolds, Josh Bell. I mean, all these guys were just 
washouts and they're not that bad of players. They're just not. Right, right. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> and I actually got him in that draft as my corner infielder. I, I had actually taken Moncada, I believe, in the eighth or ninth, and then uh, came back with uh, Brian Hayes at, at, for my corner. So I like that uh, even more. That's right. You took Moncada in the ninth round, uh, right after uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., by the way. So. Yeah, another guy I'm really big on. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I've seen you talk. I feel like I connected you with Gurriel for some reason. Uh, is there one thing you like about him? You, you think he's on the rise because of a certain you know, piece of data you found, or you just like uh, his ascension at this point? Right, yeah. I, I like just uh, what he's shown so far in the majors. I, I think he's someone who's just going to contribute across the board, uh, has put up you know good power numbers, uh, hit for a decent average, and he's going to run a bit. You know, so uh, definitely like like uh, Lourdes Gurriel. And I expect that lineup to be even more explosive next year. They're, they just they if barely scratch the surface of what they can really do as a lineup. So I'm excited for the Blue Jays. They're also one of the funnest teams right now, too. They're like, they remind me of the Astros when the Astros were cool before they became the scumbag Astros, like in 2014, <laughs> you know, when they were like on the rise and they had all these fun players that you wanted to watch. And yeah, I'm excited about that. All right. I can talk about this stuff forever and ever, but you know, people have lives. All right. The show's got to end at some point. So I am closing the books on episode 43. George Montanez, it's been a real pleasure, man. I, I, we're definitely going to have you back on the show because I want to talk to you about so many more things. And we Absolutely. Will this was a ton of fun, man. Again, thank you for inviting me on. I uh, can't wait to do this again. Of course. Uh, watch you tell people where they can find you, of course. You got to do that before you leave. You have to promote yourself, George. That's right. That's right. So you can find me on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. Uh, you can find my written work over at Fantrex HQ. And you can hear me over on the bases loaded with Sleepy K. Sleepy K. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we're the Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's. Chris is off this week. I'm Michael Govier at MJ Govier on Twitter. G-O-V as in Victor I-E-R. Of course, you can follow us and email us. Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's at ProtonMail.com. This has been great. This is exactly what I wanted. I can go to sleep content and peaceful on the East Coast. Thank you so much, George. Absolutely. Bye.